Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Kidsmen University, the podcast to educate, inspire, and challenge kids ministers so we can most effectively reach the children of our communities and world. I'm your host, Tyler Hodge, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join me today for another episode. I'm super excited about this particular episode because it is my first interview ever. That being said, it is going a little over the time limit that I put on myself for these episodes. I want to keep them short and concise. This one isn't too far past the time limit, but I'm going to get better at doing interviews. But you're going to get a lot of great information from Brother Philip Booker, my first guest with ApostolicSundaySchool.com on the seven keys to an effective object lesson. I hope you guys are having pop in Sunday school, you're growing, you're impacting families in your community through children's ministry, bus ministry, whatever your gig is. I'm praying for you and I appreciate you being a part of this listening audience. And without further ado, my good friend, Brother Philip Booker. The one and only Philip Booker with ApostolicSundaySchool.com is with us. How's it going, bro? Going very, very well. And thank God there's only one. The, the world would probably fall apart if there was two. I concur with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only one Tyler Hodge, too. Yes. I don't... And we are not thankful for that. We need about seven. Well... I was just going to say between you and me, it, I'm surprised there isn't, you know, nuclear fallout in Southern California somewhere because That's true. That's true. I could totally see us trying to pull off an object lesson that has something to do with some type of nuclear technology. If we can get our hands on it, that would actually be fun to experiment with. I think like the FBI or the NSA or somebody's about to crash through my studio door to take me away. They're, as long as they're crashing through your door and not mine, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Hey, man, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. I wanted to talk to you concerning object lessons because you, Philip Booker, are the king of object lessons. And I'm pretty sure that is a well-known fact throughout our fellowship. That is not true, but they are awesome. Object lessons are just, they're, they're, they're so cool. So, so obviously, uh, someone that might be really amateur might say, what is an object lesson? And I guess my answer to that would be a lesson involving the five senses, taste, smell, touch, hearing. Would that be a pretty accurate ballpark description? Pretty solid. A lesson involving an object. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I would... I would say it's a, a lesson with a visual more than anything or, or with something they can, what I like to say is an object lesson is a, is a hook that a kid can hang this lesson on later in their, in their brain. It just, it connects it to something that they've seen or experienced. Ooh, I like that. Being words that they've heard. That's really good. It's, it's something to remember a lesson by. Right. That's awesome. That's a great description. I never would have thought of defining it that way, but that's why I brought you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously if we're going to have a visual or uh, a sensory type lesson, I wanted to ask you kind of like a general question and then you could build on it from there and we'll just see where the conversation goes. Sure. What are the key ingredients 
to making an effective object lesson? All right. Well, <clears throat> there's a few, and I came up with seven things that I think you have to have in every single object lesson or seven things to consider when you're doing an object lesson. So it has to be interesting. I know that sounds super simple, but a lot of people I just don't think get it. Um, put yourself in the shoes of the kids you're teaching. If it won't keep your attention, it certainly is not going to keep theirs. Um, so I have a, a statement that I say all the time. I, I read it somewhere, and for the life of me, I can't remember where, but it's so good. I would rather have to rein in a noble steed than to prod a stubborn mule. And I would refer that to teachers. I would rather have to constantly be backing off a teacher, say they're trying too hard or they're uh, maybe pushing the envelope as far as you know the things that they're trying in Sunday school rather than someone that never tries anything. Uh, so has to be interesting or at least visually appealing, something that you would like to see. Something's so that, gotta catch their one. attention. Exactly. Has to be get their attention for sure. I love it. Number two, and these are not in any particular order. So you know, obviously I'm not putting a priority on any of these. So these are just things you gotta consider. Uh, number two is keep the main thing the main thing. Meaning don't let the activity steal the show. Don't let the object be all the kid remembers. Um, remember, we're teaching a lesson with these visuals. So start and end with your Bible lesson. If you can uh, memorize that, that's that's great. So you don't have to, you know, uh, stumble through reading a verse and all the kid remembers is something that blew up. Hopefully they remember the lesson that you're wrapping around it. I've been... A victim of this myself where I see something that's super cool that would be I think it would be like really fun to do in a classroom or in a kids church setting but it just it's cool but I can't think of a lesson that really flows with the object I guess or or the or the science experiment experiment or the magic trick or whatever it is that I'm doing I've seen teachers do an object lesson but the lesson was really forced fit it was. It didn't really flow with the object lesson, if that makes sense. Absolutely, I'm guilty constantly. <laughs> but I, I think that there is a place for probably attention getters versus an object lesson. Oh yeah, no, I'm with you completely. Uh, a lot of times I'll get something new and just want to play with it, you know. So I'll I'll force it into my next lesson, whether or not it fits. Um, what I mean by that is, like you said, you're getting their attention, whether or not it's ideal for the lesson, maybe not, but it does, again, give them a little bit of hook to hang it on. Obviously, you want it to be perfect for the lesson, but they're not always that way. But I actually had a lesson that was so cool. Um, I, we taught it. The kids loved it. A kid actually went home and retaught the entire object to his parents they were so excited and so they when he was done teaching them or showing them the lesson he, they said well what did you learn from it and he said i have no idea well i talk about a failure i definitely taught the visual but didn't teach the lesson well enough so uh, that's that's uh, more than anything what i'm trying to get through don't just entertain them you have to get uh, the lesson through to them or if you wait you just wasted your time it's a good point Okay, so so far, n number one, you've given us 
that an object lesson has to be interesting, visually appealing, uh, attractive. It has to be engaging the kids. Um, and that seems like a given, but some people need that reminder. <laughs> and then the second thing is keep the main yeah. thing, the main thing. Remember, we're using this to teach a lesson. Don't let the science experiment or the magic trick be the focal point, but really emphasize the lesson that you're trying to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. Number three. Give yourself time to properly prepare. I cannot emphasize this enough. So decide what you're doing in plenty of time in case you got to place an order. Uh, you know, there's a lot of online resources like apostolicsundayschool.com. You can't. <laughs> well, I was referring more to like Amazon, where oh. <laughs> you actually need to purchase an item to make this thing work, or you got to run to the store and they don't have it. So you got to do this in plenty of time. So give yourself, you know, preferably you're starting early in the week where you can get whatever you need in time. And then set up in time. It's amazing how many times I've been at a critical point and realized I forgot something. And it is the it is such a terrible feeling, especially even if it's just Sunday morning. You don't have time to run to the store. You know, you're having someone to run for you. It's just a terrible feeling. So double check. You got all your materials that you need. They're present. They're arranged in a convenient order. Um, and this is part of properly preparing is practice, 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 practice ahead of time. Um, repetition, it'll drive you nuts, but it's essential to making it smooth and avoiding really disastrous. Surprises. So when you practice an object lesson, do you just practice doing the object side of the lesson or do you actually practice giving the lesson along with it? You need to practice the experiment or the magic trick or whatever until you're smooth with it. But that is just the start of your practice. You then have to go through it with your entire lesson, the exact way that you're going to do it in front of your class, um, including all of your verbiage, what you're going to say, your Bible references, your notes, everything that you're going to have in front of the kids. Ideally, you've already done that exact scenario two or three times ahead of time. I've, I've been guilty of this myself where I've, where I know the magic trick or the science experiment, but I didn't practice anything else. And it is a flop. It is not good. <laughs> I just had a visual of you in your mad scientist costume making something explode and all the kids are like, whoa. And you're like, so that was cool, right? Yeah. Crickets, 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 yeah. <laughs> and all the Sunday school yeah. teachers are watching you like, wait a second, uh, wasn't this supposed to teach something? No, it's just cool. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, awesome. that, that's happened though before, like you were talking about in number two, you keep the main thing, the main thing. If there is a place for an attention getter, maybe at the beginning of kids' church or Sunday school, do something really cool that's going to get their attention and then just go into talking about what is going to happen that day. That That's cool. That's That's got its place, but... I mean, this is what I always tell our teachers. I'm all for a funny skit that doesn't really teach anything or a fun game or a song or an object lesson or something that is going to engage the kids, but it doesn't really have a point to anything. But right. in most cases, we only have these kids for an hour or less every week. And so how much time right. do we want to spend, you know, doing pointless things, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I've I've had this happen where where I feel like the I have it all clear in my head what's going to happen or what I'm going to say around the lesson that I'm teaching, 
but when I'm actually in front of the kids, suddenly what I'm saying doesn't fit exactly. And, but if I've practiced it ahead of time, I've already worked through all those bugs. So I just can't emphasize enough practice, 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 practice. Which leads us to an interesting point because, you know, you are apostolicsundayschool.com. So, I mean, you get to see what goes on on the back end. All of us sees. How many object lessons do you have on there right now? I think there's about 160 right now. That's amazing. So if you're looking for some really great ideas for object lessons, that's the place to go. But um, since you see the back end of everything, I actually heard these stats just a few weeks ago uh, from yourself. But tell the audience, what do you see as the most accessed time to AppSockSundaySchool.com in the week? Is it? Is, oh, tell, yeah. me it's, tell me it's Monday morning. I would love to tell you it was Monday morning. That would be so refreshing. But a Sunday school preparation site, uh, its most popular time is, sadly, Saturday night. Yeah. At 9 p.m. Yeah, at least it was for a long time. Uh, So it actually got moved to 8 p.m., which is, I guess, a step in the right direction. (laughs) Hey, it's progress. We'll take it. But just for those of you who are out there wondering, oh, nobody knows, somebody knows. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know who you are, but we know there's a lot of you out there that are cramming at the end. And like we say, those those weeks happen to everybody. Of course. They just can't be the norm. They just can't be the, the, the regular thing. They should be the exception, not the rule. That's good. So give yourself time to properly practice and prepare buying all the necessary materials that's going to go into the object lesson and going over not just the object, but the lesson as well and make sure that you're going to present it properly in kids' church or Sunday school. What's number four? Number four, adapt the lesson to your own style, your own audience, and your own surroundings. Uh, not everything is created equal. So if you get a an object lesson, whether it's you know from apostolic Sunday school or anywhere, make sure it fits you. If it uses verbiage that you're not comfortable with, change it. If it uses uh, a different method of teaching that you're comfortable, change it. If it doesn't fit the level of the mentality of the kids you're teaching, change it. Um, anyway, just modify it to your situation until you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, nobody else is. <laughs> That's the truth. That's really good. And something that goes alongside that is I've seen a really good object lesson taught one way. And then the gears start rolling in my head and says, oh, man, that same exact object lesson could be taught teaching a whole separate concept. Yes. In fact, I've probably got some of the best lessons we have in Apostolic Sunday School that didn't start where they ended up. So maybe we found a really neat visual, but we taught something that was kind of subpar. Uh, and then someone would write us on the website and say, hey, use it for this instead, or hey, I took it and tweaked it and I used it for this, and it made a good lesson incredible. My God Can is a prime example of that. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I had done an object lesson at a junior camp that Brother Booker had witnessed and videoed, and what I had is a styrofoam head that I got from a beauty shop and I hollowed the inside of it out to where I could fit a mason jar in it. I put acetone in the mason jar. The idea is, the way I taught it was, I had these long styrofoam strips, and each of those strips had different things that influenced us, you know, friends, family, church, school, TV, God forbid, but (laughs) it was on a strip. And I was talking about how when we bring those things into into our minds, 
that you can't take them out. They're just, they're, they're, they're part of our memory. They're part of our mind. And, um, we have to be careful who, what we allow influence us. Well, he posted that on apostolicsundayschool.com and then somebody wrote him in and, uh, gave a variation of that same object lesson. Um, but they made it so much easier because I'm telling you what, hollowing out that styrofoam head was a chore. It took forever. It was a mess. I probably went through three heads before I got it right. <laughs> but yeah. they had a variation where it was just a can and they wrote my God can on it. And it was it was pretty much the same object lesson, just much easier prep. And you could do a lot more with it, talking about the abilities that God has you know, if you need healing or salvation, those were written out on the strips and they would go into the acetone in the can and disappear. And we've done that so many times. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I never would have thought to do it that way if, if somebody else hadn't adapted it. But you're right. We see that on a, on a frequent yeah. basis. Yeah. So if you have a better use of an object lesson, please don't keep it to yourself. Um, share it. You know, so if you send it to us, we will post it on there and you know hopefully your your good idea can influence a lot of people instead of just being the, the kids that you teach so awesome so we're on number five yes sir <clears throat> prepare for the unexpected because stuff is going to happen <laughs> and it's hard to prepare for what you don't know to prepare for yeah but just be ready to roll with stuff because sometimes your object lessons just flat out don't work or maybe they fail the first time. Um, what I mean, the first time, like you're in front of the kids and you know, the, the first time it fails, uh, but the second time works. So you can either use that failure to help teach further and be prepared in case something goofy happens to have a, you know, a, a sub lesson to teach. Um, and then when it actually happens, uh, here's a good example. There's one with a, a uh, tea bag. So you, you cut the tea bag and you teach the whole lesson of uh, removing the strings that, that life ties on us and, and emptying out the, the coffee grounds. That's getting us rid of the sin. And then at the end, you light it on fire and it rises up to meet Jesus in the air. The whole tea bag shoots up. It's a really cool lesson. But every now and then, for whatever reason, the tea bag won't rise. It sticks to the surface it's on. Yeah, it's just random. I've had a one out of 10. So when it doesn't rise, you have to be ready. You know, say some people, you know, they look the part, but they're not really ready. You know, talk about hypocrites. Well, the first time that thing failed, I had nothing. I was just like, you know, I was just a, a mess. So after that, I got ready. And so now if it doesn't rise, we're ready. You know, we got, we can just keep teaching. And in fact, you get more out of it if it does fail. <laughs> In fact, I saw Dwayne Uzzle, Dwayne Uzzle, uh from Union City, Tennessee. He was at our church, and he did a, a lesson that he was twisting a balloon. I can't even remember what he was teaching now, but it popped on him the first time, and everybody's like, oh, and he was smooth as glass, man. He used that to teach something how uh, you know life twists you, and sometimes you feel like you're going to burst, but God always gives you a second chance, and he pulled out. <laughs> it was so smooth. <laughs> nice. So be prepared for the unexpected, yeah. You got to you got to um, learn to be agile. If you're not agile in Sunday school, it's going to rain when you're supposed to have a candy rain. <laughs> and Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. that that one teacher is not going to show up because something happened or, you know, there's always going to be 
variables that you have to take into consideration. And the other thing is be prepared for what the kids are going to do. Sometimes they do odd stuff. You know, you just don't know, uh, especially if you've got a volunteer. Volunteers can throw you off. Just do weird stuff. So they can throw you off. That's, that's a great. It actually leads me into an interesting question for you. <laughs> do you have any advice on what to do with that kid? Do you know which kid I'm talking about? That kid. That kid that says, oh, I know where it went, or I know how that works. There's there's acid in the cup, or... or Oh, you're talking about my nephew. It's in your pocket. Oh, it's yeah, in your yeah, pocket. Yeah. Like, oh, I know how that is. And then he's just, like, kind of ruin it. Yeah, do you tape his I, mouth and, like, what, put him in the corner? Or what do you do? I want to. <laughs> what I actually try to do is just say, hey, not everybody's seen this yet. So if you could just hang on to that, and we'll talk about it after, or something like that. Um, so, so he still feels like he's superior, which is the whole point of them <laughs> saying that they want to, they want everybody to know how smart they are. And if you can just kind of acknowledge that instead of just ignoring it, you know, cause you can't just say, no, it didn't, you know, so no, uh-uh. I just kind of like, Hey, you know what? Uh, let's, let's make sure we don't ruin it for everybody else. But afterward, man, I want to find out how well you know it or something. I don't know, there you but go. you have to address it. If you don't, they'll, they'll destroy it. That's true. Okay. It. That's good. That's a good tip. I was reading from a professional magician that does, he works with kids. And one of his tips was all kids act like drunks. And what he meant by that is that they're highly unpredictable. So you never know what they're going to do. So have something ready, you know, just when they say something goofy or when they charge the stage or when they dump punch over their friend, (laughs) try to have, have a reaction ready for whatever it is. Um, the longer you're in Sunday school, you'll you'll start to develop your your reflexes. Your reactions to most <laughs> exactly. I love yeah. it. So that's that's number five. Prepare for the unexpected. Yep. And the next two are really short. Number six, involve the audience. Uh, get volunteers. If nothing else, uh, ask questions and get a response. If you're just talking at doing a one-way teaching, you're going to lose some of the uh, you're, you're gonna, it's going to diminish a little bit as opposed to getting them involved in the lesson. Number seven is be safe. Be safe. And and I know I sound like a hypocrite saying this because I, I like fire and all kinds of stuff, but um, just be careful. You know, we, we have had some, some crazy stuff happening uh, during our object lessons because we, we weren't prepared. So if you're going to use fire, at least have a plan B you know, a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, um, I was about to say, like a fire extinguisher. <laughs> just in case, you know, we're, we're, you'll never get another shot at these kids if you, you know, have a fire in the classroom and their parents don't trust you. So, um, but say plan ahead, don't take chances. And the last one isn't really on the list, but it's the number one thing is it's all about. I'm kind of going back to the first one or the one about keep the main thing. The main thing is it's all about the lesson and you cannot put enough time in praying about this. It's not just a visual. You obviously have to spend the time in uh, prayer and getting, getting it right spiritually before you do anything physically. So I didn't put that on the list. I hope that's a given. Right. Yeah. We would, we would expect since we're in ministry because really that's what we are 
people might think that Sunday school is um, glorified babysitting, but we who are back there know that what we are doing is ministry. And is, as with any ministry, if we're not praying and fasting and seeking the mind and the will of God, then obviously anything that we do is in vain. So that I, I hope that would be a given, but um, it's a good reminder. So before we wrap up here, what are some ways that people could learn more about the work that you do or any more Sunday school tips and advice on object lessons or any other thing that is children's ministry from you? Sure. Uh, so some good resources. Um, there are lots of online resources. The problem is very few of them have spiritual applications. Um, and the ones that do, most of them are not apostolic. So you have to rewrite half of what they say to fit the Bible. Uh, so there's Pinterest out there, which is a great place for object lessons and just ideas in general. Uh, YouTube has a lot of really cool science experiments and magic tricks. Just there's a lot of dumb stuff on there. So you gotta, you gotta be careful. Um, science websites like Steve Spangler science. He's got a lot of really neat science experiments. Um, next level Kidman. There are all kinds of books that you can buy used ones for just a few dollars off of Amazon and other places. Uh, but, uh, and then we have apostolic Sunday school and we created this because I got seriously sick of reading all these other websites that had object lessons from other churches or other denominations. And we had to rewrite every single one of them. So we created our own apostolic Sunday school. It's free. There's about 160 lessons on there. You, you, there's, you know, you just go in there. Oh, and there's a really cool search in there. So you can search for keywords, of course, uh, you know, if you're teaching on faith, type in faith, and it'll bring you up all the lessons on faith. But we've even included other search criteria, like wow factor, like how, how big are you trying to go? Like out of a one to 10, a 10 being literally exploding ping pong balls with liquid nitrogen, um, and, a, and a one being something pretty simple. Uh, then you have prep time. How long will this take me to prep? If you only, if you're, if it's Saturday at 9 p.m., you're not going to be looking for something that takes a week to right. go. Um, so that you can have a selection from a week or more up to five minutes or less. Um, there's another one for does it require any online orders versus a store run? So, like, do I have to go to the store? Or can I use household objects, or do I have to order specialty items online? Super. Um, there's another. One. Yeah, for like lesson types, magic tricks, is it a science experiment or is it just kind of something that's neither one? And last, uh, the last criteria is just something I put on there. Um, is it funny? Like if you're going for something that's just really funny, there's a few in there that have potential to be really, really funny. So that's what that last search criteria is. So we try to make it easy for everybody to find the exact lesson that you're looking for. And it's it's not perfect, but it's better than it used to be anyway. That's awesome. Well, I know that it's been a blessing to our teachers at our church, and I'm sure hundreds and hundreds of people across our fellowship, and even internationally, I'm sure, has accessed the website for tips and advice and ideas on object lessons. And I am looking forward to the crazy stuff that you're going to be putting out uh, in the future. <laughs> I, I got a couple tips, if that's okay, and I'll be done. Go ahead. Object lessons come in a lot of different levels like you can do an object lesson from just household stuff 
really effective, really good, very, very like great lessons using something as simple as a piece of paper, a chair, uh, thread. You know, you don't have to always be blowing something up or lighting something on fire to get the kids' attention. I, some of the most impactful ones I've ever seen didn't involve a whole lot. So you don't sure. always have to. A door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brother, Brother Hodge did an incredible lesson at junior camp with the door, and it was awesome. Um, but, you know, so you don't always have to be going nuts with it. Um, in fact, when you're first starting object lessons, we, we tell our teachers, your first object lesson should not be liquid nitrogen or something goofy. You know, you kind of work your way into this and get your feet wet first before you're you know, going to get too wild with it. Um, another thing is never tell the kids how it's done ever. If they ask, don't lie to them, but don't tell them, you know, if they're asking how that styrofoam disappeared, you know, I'll say something funny like, well, it could, it might have involved hungry gerbils. I don't know, but yeah. so just to, to mess with them, but they know I'm kidding, uh, but I won't tell them that way. If I use it again, or if I use it differently, then they'll still be just as excited about it as the first time. But if you tell them how it is, they're, they'll, it'll be old hat to them and you'll have another one of those kids yelling out how it was done. Last thing is it's nice to have a few very simple object lessons that use just normal laying around stuff in your back pocket, just in case, um, not literally in your back pocket, but at least available in case something happens. Uh, we've all been at that time where someone didn't show up or maybe you didn't have, uh, you had some extra time and you don't want to waste it. So, uh, you know, maybe something involving a piece of paper, you can still teach three or four different lessons using that. And hopefully one of them will tie in. So I just like to have something I can quick, quick, quick come up with if I have to right, right at the moment. Just the last thing and I'm, I'm done. Brother James Wang from San Jose, he runs the Next Level Kidmen, but he described object lessons so well. These kids, you know, maybe they're, they're coming off of a bus or they haven't been in church their whole life, and they're in that TV mentality of entertain me. Um, and so they come to class, and you want to put something inside of them. You know, you want to teach them. You want to put something in their heart. And they're, they're closed-minded, like they're ain't, you ain't getting anything in until you can open up their mind. And so he teaches this lesson where he has a five-gallon bucket, and you can't put anything inside of it until you get the lid off. And so he says, you teach an object lesson or give them a good visual and that lid lifts off just for a second and you can throw in the lesson. So that object, a whole point is just to open them up and you can throw the lesson in and then it closes again. Mm -hmm. So you may have to do that five or 10 times so a day for Sunday school. Uh, and you're just peeling back the, you know, peeling back their mind, throwing something in their heart. And then hopefully by the end of the, of the class, they've left with something substantial. So that's, the last little little deal, and I, I loved him sharing that with us. I've never never forgot it. Yeah, me neither. I remember when he uh, shared that with our 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 group. That was awesome. Hey, man, I'm so glad that you were able to etch some time out of your busy schedule to join us on the podcast today. You've been a great help. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So that about wraps it up for today's episode. I hope it was a blessing to you. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, you know, all two episodes, 
please share it with your Sunday school department, your pastor, your Sunday school superintendent, your leadership administration, whatever you got going in your church. It would mean so much to help get this podcast out there. I just want it to be a blessing. And I'm seeing a trend of apostolic podcasts and resources starting to generate in this digital age that we live in. And so let's support these venues. Brother Ray Munoz with Kingdom Minded Podcast, Brother Philip Booker with ApostolicSundaySchool.com. There's so many other apostolic resources that's starting to develop through podcasts and websites and social media, all of these different avenues. So God bless you. Feel free to check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review if you feel up to it. I just hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful month. Get out there. Impact some families. Change your world. Let's flip this world upside down.